स्पाइस रेडियो और रेडियो रिमझिम सुन रहे हैं आप कब का प्रोग्राम है हमारी घड़ियों में बात दोपहर के दो बजकर पाँच मिनट हुआ चाहते हैं अब से लेकर तीन बजे तक आपका और हमारा साथ रहेगा हमारे आज के इस कार्यक्रम में जिसका नाम बड़े प्यार से हमने गपशप रखा है क्योंकि इसमें वो सभी बातें जो आज आपके नजरों में अटकेंगी अटकेंगी और दिल में समाएंगी उन सबको लेकर हम हाजिर हैं ये बताते हुए कि बाहर का मौसम खुशनुमा है कल की तरह क्लियर स्काई ट्वेंटी डिग्रीज तापमान है एंड इट्स गोन बी लाइक दिस टमोरो एज वेल बट इट माइट स्टार्ट क्लाउडिंग आप फॉर फ्राइडे एना हल्की फुल्की बरसात होगी ताकि आप थोड़ा खुश रहें फिर सन्डे संडे मंडे एक और हाई ब्रिज शुरू हो जाएगा एंड ये वाला समर जो है वो चाहता है कि आपका साथ देता रहे देता रहे और देता रहे हाउ यू डूइंग I'm good. I mean, I'm enjoying the weather right now. I can't wait for the little bit of rain that we're going to get. Mm. Um, I love rain, but so do I. Only sometimes. <laughs> only sometimes do I like the rain. Well, there is this uh you, you were talking about a hurricane that is going up um to uh eastern Canada. Mm-hmm. And that is going to be quite severe. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, it's already affected Puerto Rico, I think I was reading today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it's making its way around and like we said yesterday, it's just it's climate change, right? It's mm. it's um it's horrible. Well, uh, if you see the uh, picture of the hurricane from uh, above one of the satellites, it looks like an angry little furball. Mhm. That is just swirling and swirling and isn't it interesting how they always name them after people like they always have like human names for some reason for every hurricane and i think the worst ones are female names yeah is there a reason <laughs> for that i wonder why <laughs> i don't know but uh whatever names they've given them the ones that are given to female names like katrina was a a devastating hurricane mm-hmm. um that comes to your mind the very first hurricane that comes to your mind right mm-hmm. and this one is called oh man let me search it up real quick i forgot right no um it, it's also a female name yeah it is so yesterday you were talking also talking about uh, the amber alert that woke us up at 6 uh, in the morning Yes. So it was it was at night, wasn't it? It was at uh it was at 11 p.m. Oh, 11 p.m. and yeah. then 6 p.m. they found and uh, they they canceled the amber alert. Yes. So I mean, I did see another video that was circling around on online mm. about the mom, right? So I we think it's the mom, mm. but we weren't 100% sure. Um the description was there and this was posted 6 days ago mm. before the amber alert and she was talking about the situation and how um because she was refusing to get a certain treatment for her child mm. or she wanted to wait to get it and she wanted to discuss with her doctors that um they were forcing it upon her and mm. she they said that they're going to call social services they're going to get social workers and police officers at her door if she takes her child away from the hospital mm. like he needs to stay there mm. um and the ministry responded to those allegations today so they did see the videos and um they did say that she ha- she was warned right like she even stated in her videos that she she went against what they were saying that she needed to do right um the way that she was describing it it did seem like she was treated unfairly it seemed like she didn't have that any other choice yeah. yeah and through the comments when i'm reading it there were a lot of people who who like her believe in um more um uh, natural mm. ways of healing right 
Oh, I see. But so she, it's one of those yeah. cases. But she looks different, right? Mm. So she has the dreadlocks, she has the tattoos, and she comes across a certain way, which means that, you know, the people in the hospital, the hospital, like the, the workers will, you know, stereotype her and they'll right. they'll make the restrictions. Um, Accordingly. Yeah. Whereas in the comments, I saw other people who also believe in similar things but don't look a certain way. They were able to get by easier, right? Ah, isn't that interesting? Yeah. The, it, the, it, the stakes weren't as high with them. Right. So it's all perception and how you look, right? Definitely. Yesterday we were also talking about the gas prices going up and that uh, gas people have put the prices up at 201 mm -hmm. and it'll go up to 203 and by the end of this week maybe um, 10 cents higher. Yeah, so by even by tomorrow, by mm. Thursday, we're supposed to be up by 5 cents. So the highest we are in the province right now is 203.9. Wow. And that's actually the highest in all of Canada right now. My God. Yep. People just gouged all the British Columbians for no reason, just because we've got good weather going for us. <laughs> Special programs today and tomorrow uh, because of elections. Uh, we've got uh, uh, councillor candidates from POCO today, Mithila. And that's our first person that we are going to be interviewing. And then we will interview Parm Nijjar, who is running for councillor for Vancouver. And then school trustee uh, Maitul Alam uh, would be our third interviewee. So let's take a short commercial break and come back to these interviews. Spice Radio or Radio Room Jim Sunri, you have a program. As we have told you, in our work, we will have some candidates with you who are taking part in the civic elections. And today, we will have three candidates with you in this program. First of all, come and meet Mithila Karnik, who is running for the city councilor in Port Coquitlam. Mithila, most welcome in our program. How are you doing? Sushma, I am doing very well. It's such an honor to be with you here today. Lovely. Tell me something about yourself, Mithila. Um, where do you come from? How did you get to Port Coquitlam? <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, I am <laughs> I am a Bombay girl. I am born and uh, raised in uh, Mumbai. Uh -huh. I came to Canada in um, 2016. Uh -huh. Now, my, my husband was a student here in Canada. Uh, when he came back to Bombay and we got uh, married, he said that he can only envision his uh, life in Canada and uh, I decided to uh, come along with him. We were living in Vancouver as renters and when we wanted to make that uh, move to a home, our home, um, and, uh, you know, invest and, you know, start working on uh, building a family, being a part of um, a family-oriented community, we came across Fort Coquitlam and it has been um, a blessing for us to live in a neighborhood such as this. Beautiful. Uh, Port Coquitlam is a beautiful city, I understand. Yes, it is indeed very, very beautiful. There are a lot of parks uh, where we live. We are surrounded by natural beauty. There are a lot of trails to walk and to bike. We have a dog, so we are blessed with a lot of dog <laughs> parks in our area. Right. We have a two-year-old daughter who is an absolute outdoors baby. And the <laughs> new Port Coquitlam uh, Rec Center, the Recreation Center, is just amazing. So very, very uh, beautiful neighborhood to be a part of. Lovely. So, you know, uh, prior to coming to Canada, you, you were in Mumbai. Now, that's a yes. huge city. Compared to yes. Mumbai, uh, Port Coquitlam yes. must be like a chota sa gaon. 
it it does feel like a chota sa gaav i have to admit but i am so taken in by this uh uh chota sa gaav charm you know this old world charm that the city um has managed to keep alive i think that is such a such a beautiful thing to uh, you know wake up to every morning and just walk around i i think every individual goes through phases in their lives and we need to grow with those phases so bombay wala life you know fast tha used to work in the entertainment industry over there mm. abhi yahan ka life i have adapted to um, a much more structured a much more flexible um you know kind of phase and the fact that i get to spend so much time uh, outdoors with my daughter with my dog in a very very uh, beautiful environment um i think i ha- i um, love the pace that fort coquitlam has managed to give my life <laughs> yeah <laughs> You've written that you want to work towards making Port Coquitlam a resilient urban city. So, yes. to make it into a resilient urban city, what all needs to be done? Resilience, uh, Sushma Ma'am, comes from when you are able to engage even the most uh, basic, uh, you know, needs that mm. an individual has. When you're able to engage that engage with one individual on a very basic level mm. is when you will see the effects of that engagement maybe 10 15 20 years um, down the line mm. the concept of urban resilience means that we start working with um, communities and with people within those communities that identify as most diverse most vulnerable also and create opportunities for them to feel meaningful about their existence and about their ability to be a part of a community mm. so what i want to work towards while we have this amazing city council already that is focused on infrastructure and focused on developing the cityscape they're doing a great job of that i want to come in as someone who is able to fill in the blank Mm. on a micro level and ah. what are you know what is the most micro that you can think of in a community it's one individual it's one family mm. so i want to start working at that level because the demographic of the city is changing as well there are so many new additions to the community so mm. how do we go about strengthening them instead of asking them to continuously adapt adaptation right. to hoi jayega because you've moved to a new country right. but how do you make them feel strong about the abilities and the skill set that they actually have in place so build up the population that's coming to you instead of asking them to compromise that is um, you know that is my aim for an urban city for a resilient urban city because immigrant power is resilient power and we need to tap that the right way in a very engaging way we need to accept diversity and we need to make it front and center in all of our city plans only then we will see the effects of this for our little kids when they are growing up you know when you talk about uh, a city um, and yeah. people living in a city uh, slowly and gradually i remember when i first came here vancouver was the hub and then uh, burnaby was just a, a, a next door um, municipality and now it's a yes. city and port yes. coquitlam was another municipality now it's a city so affordability exactly. must be a, a a main concern for you it is absolutely a very very big concern because these are everyday problems um, that we are facing right 
affordability on every level whether it is housing related whether it is day to day related needs to be tackled and this is what we can do as um, city council members when you know when we are given the opportunity to identify what are the areas that are pin points or you know prick points um, for people what are their everyday issues that are turning into bigger problems such as housing such as um you know being able to even afford grocery as well sometimes so affordability for me stems from making more opportunities for people in terms of educating them of what is available to them there are in effect many many grants um that we still are not aware of as small business owners as community members as families that we can get access to to give ourselves an edge when it comes to say an economic downslide or anything on those lines there are grants that small business owners and entrepreneurs can access but do they have this information as a city if we are able to create more programs for them to start accessing this information instead of them having to you know kind of look for it give it to them when you are proactive in identifying problems it's going to make the lives of your community members a lot easier and giving them access to programs that go towards sustaining their business and their income will in a way be um, you know the right kind of uh, opposition for affordability issues so as poco as a downtown core do uh, you yes. want it to see as a, a very inclusive hub for yes. all sorts of uh, arts cultural uh, awareness entertainment and yes. all that it's yes. not like that at the moment it is trying to be they have they have um, at this point um, an equity diversity and inclusivity team um, working on these very things but i don't think it is priority kaam chal raha hai lekin jis speed se kaam ho sakta hai wo shayad se nahi chal raha hai no offense to anybody because you know there might be uh, uh what we call bigger things to uh, consider right right so if there is one person who is able to maybe focus on this and streamline whatever plans can be put together on a community level on a cultural level on an awareness level then it would maybe make that transition from this you know from it being a plan on paper or a presentation into actual tangible events happening bigger cities uh, face lot of issues like safety yes. is an issue homelessness yes. is an issue do you see yes. uh, poco going through any of those N- not as badly as other cities i go to work in vancouver and i witness that on a daily basis but i feel there are smaller issues as you know not no place is perfect let's uh, you know let's accept that there are issues here as well which in terms of very um, neighborhood focused planning could very easily be avoided mm-hmm. and what is not taken into consideration as much as it should be is the voice of the person actually living at that street or living at that intersection or you know living at that area where they are um, doing some kind of development because who drives there on an everyday basis who walks those streets on an everyday basis you need to take their opinions into account uh, before um, actually going ahead and planning something 
so community safety and accessibility wise yes there's definitely um, scope for uh, port coquitlam to improve any other thoughts um for you what would you be working in uh, towards uh, if and when you get elected if and when i get elected i i have uh, i think i have a lot of um uh, work to do mm. firstly because um, i am making a representation uh, front and center so i think i will have the added pressure of uh, having to perform a certain way and i am very much in anticipation of that uh, challenge because it is going to make uh, it is going to change my life at the end of the day my main aim is to be a part of a community that accepts the fact that evolution and change is a necessary part of all of our lives and this evolution can only be brought about if we are together as a community and if we accept everybody irrespective of their backgrounds and we are very forthright about inclusivity and diversity so when it is accepted from the ground level only then will we start seeing changes in the bigger picture well mithila you put it beautifully and i take this opportunity and thank you very much for taking time and talking to us and i wish you all the best Thank you so much Shashma ma'am it has been an honor like i said earlier to be connected to you to speak with you thank you very much for your time today Spice Radio Radio Ramjam sun rahe hain aap aur aaj ke hamare is karyakram mein jaise humne aapko bataya vaade ke mutabik hum city councilors jo ki team for a livable vancouver ke councilor ki haisiyat se khade ho rahe hain team for a livable vancouver a voice for all neighborhoods इनकी जो मेयर खड़ी हो रही हैं वो है कॉलीन हार्डविक और इनके साथ हैं परम निज्जर जो कि सिटी काउंसलर की हैसियत से खड़े हो रहे हैं परम मोस्ट वेलकम इन आर प्रोग्राम हाउ आर यू डूइंग हेलो सुषमा जी गुड आफ्टरनून नमस्ते सताल सलाम वालेकुम टू ऑल योर लिसनर्स इट्स सो गुड टू बी बैक एंड इट्स सो गुड टू सी यू एंड इट्स ऑलवेज अ प्लेजर थैंक यू फॉर हैविंग मी एम डूइंग ग्रेट लास्ट टाइम आई इंटरव्यू यू इट वॉज फॉर टेलीविजन आई रिमेंबर and it was a lovely interview and we used to have tv programs in those days that's right <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, and then i saw you as a young man who is getting into business and uh, many years ago i think it would it be 2014 15 that's right yeah. when you were driving a tesla and i thought to myself <laughs> wow and you said i said impress i am impressed and you said that's exactly why i bought this exactly yes i am glad you remembered um, i remember our first interview as well uh, right after i uh, got the student of the year award that's from right. vancouver board of trades leaders of tomorrow program in that's 2005 right. and then uh, just been in the business uh, entrepreneurial space since then and then i followed tesla started uh, following it around 2009 i think when i saw it at the vancouver auto show oh wow and i talked to their engineers and i just kind of kept my eye on it and uh, my dad um, he's a msc physics gold medalist right so he's really into technology and right. i took him to see the car and went to the showroom and he's like yeah this technology is simple it's beautiful <laughs> let's uh, take it for a, for a test drive yeah. and we loved it and in 2014 i booked uh, the tesla model s because that was the only one that was around at that time oh yeah my son <laughs> also has a model s 
um, but he bought it uh, secondhand. You bought it brand new. Yeah, it was an <laughs> early adopter, took a risk, yeah. and uh, it was, uh, yeah, it's now... still running fine. Running fine. The battery life is good. The motors, knock on wood, are really doing well. Yeah. And it's uh, set the tone for all major automakers. And Isn't that beautiful? I'm uh, happy to be uh, an early adopter. <laughs> so getting into real estate and now uh, looking at uh, Vancouver City Council, Tell me uh, a little bit about why real estate and then you're, you know, turning into city council. Great question. So going back to uh, my engineering days, I was always into uh, how we can use technology to um, integrate uh, software or hardware systems into our homes, mm. right? Bill Gates had the smart home concept in uh, Seattle where he had his beautiful house uh, yes. and all those gadgets. And this is early 2000, so about 20 years ago. Right. So I just kind of kept my eyes on it and I've always loved architecture and design. So after graduation and after Leaders of Tomorrow, I followed my heart. I wanted to start my own business. So I got into real estate, uh, working on ideas to improve processes and bring in technological innovation into the space. Right. And you may remember some of the ideas we were talking about, and we did a couple of interviews too back yes. then. So, like things like, um, like, like now we have Zillow, for example, which lets people look at their home's value on That's the map. Right. Yes. So we were working on a similar technology about 17, 18 years ago, working on that. software algorithm for mass home valuation yes. and how we could make things faster and easier for homeowners, home buyers, real estate agents, mortgage brokers, and so on back before Apple smartphone and the App Store and Google Maps were really very common, That's right? That's right. So one thing led to another, and there was uh, the um, opportunity to work in the Laneway housing space uh -huh. in Vancouver uh -huh. in 2009-10. One of the first few Laneway homes in the city was built at my parents' place, my I, dad and I. I was going to say that to you, that I've seen your house, and it, it sort of uh, replicates yeah. what you are saying. That's right. So exactly. We were, uh, again, we saw the, um, the need for such a beautiful, beautiful concept that could work uh, in an existing house in a backyard and a lot of people would uh, flock towards it and uh, I, I i started my started my construction company at that uh -huh. point focused uh -huh. on laneway homes right got my builder's license and ever since then i've been working in that space so so explain the laneway home because that was the concept that came up in vancouver first of that's all right, right? that's and right and then other uh, municipalities have been adopting it now. That's right. And um, the laneway housing concept was uh, under the Eco Density Initiative. And okay. I've actually met the architect, uh, retired architect, who was pretty much the father of laneway housing concept wow. in wow. Vancouver. And he's a very strong supporter of team and our policies. And uh, Brian Palmquist is a wonderful, uh, knowledgeable person. And uh, so Lane Bay Housing started in Vancouver, and now other cities have been uh, adopting this practice. It's worked very successfully, albeit I would say it took a few more years than I originally thought it would to really mm. catch fire and become mainstream. Mm. I thought in one or two years, in tw by 2011, 2012, it would really spread. It took about 2015, 16, 17 <laughs> I know. to really gain momentum. But it, it So has. we were a bit early, but now, yeah, you see them everywhere and yeah. they work very well in neighborhoods. So turning your eye towards politics, I mean, I always knew the very first time I met you that eventually you will end up in politics. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Good for Why team for a livable Vancouver? I actually, um, 
the reason I decided to run was just the desire to give back to the community, mm. to the city, to the country, to the people that have given us so much. It's such a wonderful place to be. Mm. And I've uh, been fortunate enough to accomplish some decent things so far in life. Mm. And uh, I look at my neighborhood, Sunset, South Vancouver, yes. and there's some key elements that are still missing after years of requesting city officials and uh, the city staff for many important things, be it better washrooms in parks or uh, better uh, facilities, better support for Main Street, mm. right, or Fraser Street. Now they have implemented a parking fee there. Yes. And people are not liking it, residents no. and business owners. There's no uh, facility where... Uh, uh, after after cremation in our community, in flowing water, we need to uh, offer the ashes mm. and give uh, the family members time to uh, uh, you know reflect peacefully on mm. upon the loved ones that we are gone. That. We don't have that here, no. right? Uh, senior center, for example. Mm. So these things are missing, and I was like, okay, we need to have a voice that represents our community's needs: South Vancouver, East Vancouver, ethnic communities, be it Filipino, Chinese, Indian, Punjabi, mm. Fijian. You name it, right? Mm. And we need to have people in the city council that can get these things, raise the voice, get these things done. Right. And the other part was as a home builder, I saw the permit process becoming from uh, taking four or five months in 2012, 13, 14, and now it takes double the time a year right. for simple projects. Permit fees have, in many cases, gone through the roof. Right. A duplex permit used to take about thirty to forty thousand dollars, right. and now it takes about eighty to ninety thousand dollars. Wow! So we're kind of going backwards. It's taking longer and more expensive, and there's no better services. So it just made sense for me to kind of step up instead of just you know watching on the sidelines, to try and do something to improve the system. And team, uh, I looked at all the parties, their uh, policies, their platform. Team had the most in depth even a few months ago, and now our long-form policies are coming out. Mm -hmm. So very strong uh, research, strong leadership. Colleen is a person of uh, high integrity mm. and very intel intelligent and a good heart. And all our council candidates, first thing I look for anybody when I work with somebody is some, they have to have a good heart. Right. Right. Then intelligence and work ethic, everything comes into place. So that's why I decided to join team, and I've been blessed to be part of such a wonderful, wonderful crew, mm. and it's so how a many, fun, fun journey so far. So, how many city councillors has team put up? We have six, mm -hmm. six city councillors, and uh, six for park board and one for school board. Right. And the city councillors uh, are um, uh, from all parts of the city. Okay. Uh, so they're we're racially. Uh, Diverse. We represent uh, people from all different cultural backgrounds and different uh, socioeconomic backgrounds and different age groups as well. Beautiful. Yes. I, I see that you've got Bill Thielman in there. He's a friend uh, yes. of our yes. station. <laughs> so, and uh, Kalita Brown is there. Yep. Um, so, Parm Nijar is there. Thank you. Yes, I'm <laughs> honored to be among such fine company. And uh, they're fantastic uh, human beings. I'm so, so pleased to be part of this team. So, you talked about affordability. Um, neighborhoods is another uh, issue that is very close to your heart. And I understand people talking about Vancouver worry about the safety, um, that there is hardly any safety within the Vancouver East Side. Yeah. Uh, and does that concern you? As a father to a three-year-old son, it concerns me very, very deeply. Mm. Uh, with uh, 
over a million dollars being spent just on the downtown east side per day. That's over a million dollars being spent per day. Things have not gotten better. So a million dollars is being spent, but nothing is being done. Things are not improving, mm. right? So it's however that money, wherever it's going, it's uh, there is no one responsible body overlooking that, mm. right? So there is money coming from different levels of government and city as well, mm. and of course our taxpayer money is going to that, but it's just not solving the problem. So that's the definition of insanity. We're doing the same thing over and over again and not getting anything different. Mm -hmm. So we need to change that. And now I'm seeing, I, I go door to door knocking. Mm. For example, near Nanaimo Skytrain Station area, I was talking to a homeowner, a lovely old lady. Mm. She's finding needles in her front yard. Oh my. Right? Mm. And we go to some parks, there's a broken glass and needles found in parks. Another uh, of her park board candidates, Michelle Molyneux, she's a soccer mom. So. Uh, in many uh, of her soccer games, son soccer games, all the parents get together before the game starts to sweep the ground clean of any broken glass and needles. Wow. All over the city. Which, so is, is, just, which is the job of the city, really. Yes, it's the job of the city. And uh, we need to turn the ship around. The last few years, especially last four years of this current council, uh, they haven't been able to address these issues. That the things have gotten worse. So it's alarming. And uh, a lot of people are very, very uh, uh, focused on trying to solve the issues, but we have to solve these issues in a, in a comprehensive manner. Mm. We have to start with addressing where is the money going? Where are the cracks in the system? We have to appoint a commissioner who's responsible to mm. run, to do an audit mm -hmm. and uh, then come up with solutions. Right, that just not just address one of the four um, pillars of um, of uh, homelessness and mm. uh, addiction and these type of things. So it has to be a comprehensive end-to-end -end solution. Paramai, uh, when you become and if and when you become a city councillor and your team wins, because uh, council elections are totally different from any other elections. Right, uh, yes. they could be maybe a mayor from a different uh, team or block and councillors from different block and, uh, you know, school board from different and, and parks board. And so how would you guys, if that sort of a scenario presented, how would you guys work together? That's a great question. Uh, our ideal, of course, every party's ideal uh, situation is we come in as a majority and then we get to work on the very next day, start uh, solving the problems. But it's possible that it, there's a mix and we have uh, we have to work with people from all parties, all backgrounds. And one of the key things with team you will see even in our logo, we have colors from liberals, conservatives, greens, NDP. Yes. And that's part of our membership as well as our council candidate slate. We have people from all backgrounds, all viewpoints. So we're not attached to any particular uh, part of the spectrum. We are not the left of the road, not the middle of the road, not the right of the road or the middle of the road. We are the road, yeah. right? So we work very well together. We're focused on solving issues. I personally am, thanks to my work uh, being a small business owner and growing my business, I have really honed my listening skills, right? So I want to be out there listening to, I have you know, a good uh, hearing skills on my left side and my right side. <laughs> so I will listen to everybody right. and come to a sound decision in a collaborative manner that uh, reduces divisiveness yes. and keeps our city moving forward together in a, in a positive, strong manner. 
Parma, I thank you very much and wish you all the best uh, for your campaign. Thank you, Sushmaji. It's been a treat uh, to talk to you and I look forward to coming back here after the elections, after winning the city council seat. Thank you. Of course. You're listening to Spice Radio and Radio Rim Jim. And now we're with Team for a Livable Vancouver, a voice for all neighborhoods. Ke Maitul uh, Alam Sahib, who is running for school trustees. Maitul Ji, most welcome in our program. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you, uh, Shushma Ji. Uh, you are an icon for our society, uh, community. And uh, I know you so, for so, such a long time. I think I met you about 30 years ago first. Yes. Uh, I am doing very well. Uh, I am uh, most happy to give back to our communities in the form of educational yes. support for children and uh, for youth and adults. I strongly believe in um, education, yes. education and education. Maitul, uh, tell us something about yourself. Yes, uh, I am um, from, I was born in Bangladesh, ah. and uh, I think uh, you know Bangladesh is a new country. Yes. And uh, I was a freedom fighter for mm. Bangladesh in 1971. I served in Calcutta. Wow. And uh, my first lecture was at Calcutta University mm-hmm. in Bangladesh about genocide in Bangladesh. Mm. And uh, that is kind of... Uh, uh, inspiration for me mm. to be able to engage in that kind of situation in 1971. I was young at the time. Mm. And then uh, I graduated from university uh, with statistics. But later I found that um, statistics is for doing research and yes. helping others, other fields. Right. So I started social work. Before, when I was a student, I was also a journalist. Right. And uh, the social work part was basically education. Uh, community development through education. Right. So that was the beginning with UNICEF, yeah. Save the Children Projects. Yeah. I was coordinating Children's Education Resource Center and uh, eradicating literacy mm-hmm. in Bangladesh with government and non-government organizations. Later, I became involved with BRAC. And also, you know, a lot of people knows in Vancouver, Gramin Bank. Yes, yes. So I was with Muhammad Yunus, who founded Gramin Bank at mm. the time. Mm. Even last you, night... You go back many years. Yes. So we created Gramin Bank right. to help women and children and families uh, to empower uh, powerless. Yes. And here I s- switched. I went to England to study radio broadcasting, television right. production, and uh, offset printing, all these technology things. And uh, it's all educational resources. Right. And then went back and started working as head of BRAC's education program. Mm. And uh, B-R-A-C, BRAC, anybody can Google. It is for last 20, 45 years, number one ranking NGO in the world. Right. And uh, we have millions of graduates. And being 
involved with out-of-school education children and uh, poor, I found that my PhD should be on uh, education for the poor and marginalized mm. people. Mm. So Vancouver East Side was the area I, I took for my consideration mm. with First Nations and uh, people on welfare and especially those who were ex-convicts, how education can integrate them in mainstream society. So that was the goal. Mm. Then uh, from Simon Fraser, it was curriculum and uh, instruction is my field of education. So I did my PhD and then I started teaching at UNBC when they created. I was involved in curriculum design for education master's program. Mm -hmm. And then I started, uh, worked at uh, Western Washington University and one European university, Commonwealth Open University, including Athabasca. Ah. So many of the universities I have worked with, and then for last 20 years I have been with UBC. The UBC CNET, recently after I finished my teaching activities, they gave me the position as uh, honorary research scholar, the university CNET committee. So I thought that what I have learned throughout this process would be most useful for me to interact with parents, communities, and children and, and students to rebuild our education system, especially because of COVID. Mm -hmm. 40, like uh, last uh, 40 years, education didn't have this much turmoil. So COVID actually took our uh, outcome-based educational uh, opportunity for students to move to forward uh, courses, classes, has dropped one and a half year, I think. We, lost, we are losing. So this is a serious problem. But the school board, the present school board, uh, outgoing school board, they did basically nothing about reforming education to catch up with literacy, numeracy, and subject matter education problems. I'm sorry, I'm taking long, but just I was giving the foundation. And the community is changing, as Param has mentioned. And because of this changing community uh, situation, uh, families with children are not able to afford in Vancouver. So we have to do something about education, which I'll tell you later in this program. Uh, what we can do. And uh, of course, we are looking forward to replace those who could not do anything to help our education system uh, as parent, as educator, as listener and learner. We can perhaps bring change through our team. That's beautiful. Um, and I understand uh, from what we heard just now that you know you've uh, been a, a phd student you've you so i should have been addressing you as dr maitul alam <laughs> so dr saab uh, why did you choose to run for team uh, you know as a candidate for school board uh, i found uh, first of all team is uh, my previous uh, uh, friend Param has mentioned in your show 
that uh, team is a collection of uh, it's like a rose yes. uh, with uh, different petals yes uh, we cannot have a partisan politics in education so this is why i thought team is more appropriate than any other ones mm. uh, we we have to deal with uh, children with disabilities yes uh, children those who are uh, suffer due to drugs and other uh, social problems mm. racism is another big problem one of the reason i'm more impor- importantly involved here now is because my son youngest son uh, was attacked by a group of peers huh. students in huh. school during the Iraq America war uh, in Bully. 2000 yeah they were bullied like because his first name is Muhammad ah. so uh, the classroom uh, was terrible for him yeah. uh, other students would say yeah uh, he is a terrorist and as a result there was a fight broken out and uh, some of the students were suspended for four days mm. including my son mm. the victim mm. so this is why i thought that the school should improve uh, in in uh, in terms of racism yes so i served with vancouver school board mm. uh, on the race relation committees right uh, i was the president of vancouver multicultural society in 2006 and 7 yes so i was automatically invited to become part of that so now definitely i feel good that i have educational background right as, as a professor or uh, teacher of education yes and also researcher so i can contribute significantly so when you um, when you had your son's incident that took place i guess that was maybe the focal point when you decided that something needs to be changed in yes. the school boards so running as a school trustee what would be your responsibilities when you if and when you get elected uh, the the first responsibility would be to work with other other trustee yes to know them yes and uh prepare myself to be able to work with them with the help of parents with the help of students including baseline survey related information on needs and also what we can do right and because of my 30 35 years experience in education mm. as teachers trainer educator and also social worker yes uh, I also worked with uh, UNESCO's anti-racism and St. John Ambulance's health education program. Right. So school uh, needs some of these exposures at the very beginning. Mm. My research, uh, doctoral research, uh, was on literacy. Mm. So the health literacy, cultural literacy, economic literacy, and media literacy. These important. are the literacy should be incorporated in school curriculum. Well said. Well so said. So I I I want uh, people like you mm. to guide me mm. to get in the bottom and how we can actually promote uh, the 
human rights and civilization related content in right. the curriculum when you uh, were looking at uh, all the uh, slates and and thing you know people have their own preconceived ideas as to what a particular group represents so in this particular group that you have chosen what are the what are some of the their strengths that attracted you to team uh one of the strength of this uh, this group is they all are modern ah. thinker ah. they all are involved with digital uh information systems and services which is very much needed nowadays and also they all are successful entrepreneurs mm. uh in uh, and social workers uh colleen uh, has a significant experience family experience as well her father was in the government in the ministry with education and other important fields so i think for me this is a blessing that i have a, such a good team with uh, lawyers and others mm. but also i am looking forward to work with other organi- other groups mm. though because i am only only candidate from team that's right for so i have to work with another yes. nine plus a student trustee right so altogether we are 10 trustee yeah. uh, if i am elected right so if i get the highest vote i'll seek the school board chairmanship right and then my goal will be to tell you frankly to mm. get enough funding yes not only from provincial government and even federal government mm. but also uh we'll create a foundation for mm. school bankova school foundation right and we'll we we are hoping to generate millions even billions of dollars right to reconstruct education system that's amazing your thought pattern and the way you want to excel is beautiful and i think that uh, given an opportunity to you would be you know a great thing to do for the future of our city yes uh, actually my interest is because education is not a privilege it is a right right it is a basic human right any religion any value system any society uh, they they will go for education yes. without education we cannot do anything true and now uh, hospitals education all these needs government support unconditional balancing budget should not be an issue yes. on this so this is what we need to inform the policy makers above us including the ministers and government but our present trustee they do not know how to do that you know <laughs> when you get elected you will do that and i wish you all the best of luck because with everybody yeah. whoever we we get yeah we can utilize because some of them are parents some of them are uh, conscious uh, successful people in the society right so they are views but most importantly children should be given back to their families yes and we are we do not want to uproot their identity we do not want to take out children from their families and make them different type of people well said uh, dr alam thank you so much for coming to our studios thank you thank you and it is a great pleasure for me for thousands of 
Asian people to to see your face and to know you more and more through our education program in the future. Thank you. और इसी के साथ हमारे आज के इस प्रोग्राम को यहीं समाप्त करने की इजाज़त चाहते हैं वो सभी बातें जो आज आपकी नज़रों में अटकी खटकी और दिल में समाई उन सब को लेकर विल बी है टुमारो और याद रखिए कल हम ए बी सी वैंकूवर के कैंडिडेट्स के साथ आपकी मुलाकात करवाएंगे स्टेट्यून फॉर द ड्राइव होम ग्राइंड विद डीजे फ्लाइट एंड माया राइट हेयर ऑन स्पाइसेज और आपकी रिक्वेस्ट्स रेडियो रिमझिम पे नूतन लेंगी